Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North. Kyle and Sam are here. Uh, and you know what? We're coming to you after the, the a big win over the Packers, but really at a massive cost. Uh, yep. And it feels hard. Kyle and I were talking just before we got on. Hard to talk about this game without yep. just acknowledging um, just the absolute sadness and heartbreak yeah. that you have for uh, Cousins. And at this point, again, we're recording Monday morning, but it yeah. seems pretty well confirmed now that Cousins season is uh, is over. Yeah, I mean, that's what an Achilles injury means. In a, a torn Achilles, either partial or complete. Not that I really, I'm not an expert, but this is this is it for Cousins for this year. Um, you think of Brian O'Neill, who tore his Achilles at Lambeau last year, and that was in January, and he was able to begin the season this year fully healthy. Now, everybody's body's different. Injuries are different in this kind of thing. Um, a point simply being that even within kind of the Vikings room, recent history, uh, there's an example of someone uh, having this basically same injury at the same friggin' field uh, and then coming back and being able to play really well by the next year. And so where Cousins is at, this is about two months or so earlier than O'Neill would have torn his Achilles. I mean, Cousins in theory perhaps maybe is healthy by training camp. I don't know. It's pure speculation and it's kind of not fair to get into that speculation. It's just kind of where my mind has gone a little bit, just thinking of that parallel between Brian O'Neill at Lambeau last year, Cousins at Lambeau this year. Um, and even though the result is different, uh, it's still so discreet. Like this, this win feels, eliminate the injury stuff, this feels very triumphant, right? In that you were 0-3, you're now Four and four and the calendar hasn't flipped over to November yet. Uh, you're two and oh in the division. Both of those wins have taken place on the road. So you, you gotta feel great about that. And you've taken down a legit top tier opponent in San Francisco. And so basically everything is, you know, is breaking Minnesota's way. Uh except for of course that injury. And you know, obviously there's definite in injury and Cleveland's been out, Davenport. Those are all really, really difficult. Um, Jefferson is, of course, the team's best player, but it's hard to get more important than the quarterback, right? Especially since Nick Mullins is already on the IR. So your QB, two is already out. So now Jaron Hall is going to be the man. I know there are wild theories already out there, Sam. I'm sure you've seen some. Uh, Tom Brady's name has been mentioned, which I just, oh my gosh, I cannot imagine. I mean, from a team build, like if you're, if you're crazy, if you're in leadership here, like, you know, I'm just looking for some names right now, but I mean, you, you try everything, right. Or you, you leave no stone unturned, but I just cannot imagine that, uh, that this is end up going to be, um, the Tom Brady show, Jaron Hall and Sean Mannion. I think that's where we're going, right? Going into uh, week nine. And I like Jaron Hall a lot. And, Sh and Sean Mannion is going to help him prepare. Like, Mannion's a pro. He's smart. And I think you're going to hope for a dominant defensive effort, right? And 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 hope to kind of keep this ship going in the right direction, so to speak. 
you know, until Mullins returns. And when he does, you kind of hope for that Case Keenan magic, right? I I, I don't know. Are, are you kind of there's there's a tangible doom and gloom right now. And sometimes within the Vikings world, that's just like typical Vikings. You roll your eyes. People are so pessimistic. Um, this one feels so legitimate. Real doom and gloom. You can hear it even when the coaches talk, the players talk. Um, they just took down their arch rival in their arch rival's house to, you know, you know, unpack it all, all the significance. And people are just so subdued, so discouraged. Um, what's your read on this and kind of where are you going in your mind? Yeah, yeah. No, I think that you said Jefferson is the best player but if you're going to choose one player that you yeah. feel like is going to make the most impact when you lose them uh i feel like it's pretty yeah. clear that it's cousins especially given what is there behind him and and so I, yeah. my mind goes to again it feels like jaron hall is the guy for week nine but yep where do you go beyond that again you mentioned nick mullins uh we've also had a lot of conversation last week about the trade deadline. And again, we were, we went from the Vikings should yeah. sell everyone, uh, including cousins at, at one point was the the discussion to then yep. you become a buyer. And now it's like, it's, it's amazing that you've gone from a week where you won, yeah. but yeah. then what do you do? And I, I, yeah, from, from my standpoint, I guess this is the, the thing is, do you go and get a quarterback? And do you, yeah. and, and if you do who, and if you do and who at what cost and yeah. is that what happens? And I, for me, I feel like I would rather kind of take a wait and see approach rather than doing anything where you like, I, mm-hmm. this does not feel like the right time to go all in or go heavier to spend a lot of assets on trying to get some top tier quarterback. Like, like you said, maybe you just, you, you roll the dice and you see, because again, mm-hmm. we've seen quarterbacks that seemingly come from nowhere hold yep. their own in this league. And it's yep. possible that whether that is Jaron Hall or yep. Nick Mullins, or I don't know if you, you pull some backup out of some rebuilding team uh, for a late round draft, I don't know, and, and try that. But um, it does feel like this season has just t- turned into a little bit of an experiment of like at least that's what I would I would take it as is you know what, let's yeah. see what you guys can do, and we realize that if yeah. if the season doesn't go well, we have a reason why it hasn't gone well, uh, and if we do catch lightning in a bottle, then you have fun with that as well. Okay, so it's the Jaron Hall show for Week Nine, almost certainly it's the Jaron Hall show, and you know, and frankly, it should be the Jaron Hall show because he's been here all year. Teammates seem to like him, super mature, things like, I think he's got a big brain in his head. Like, I think he's a smart guy. Um, He's a little bit older as a rookie, right? He's got a fair bit of experience coming out of college, and he's a plus athlete. And so for me, if you kind of combine all those attributes, strong athlete, a little bit older, really mature, works hard, players respect him, he's smart, competitive. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a great quarterback. But it does mean that, like, okay, let's give him a shot here because he's been in the system all year now doing his thing. And so let's see what he can do with that is kind of my perspective. And I think that's what the Vikings will do ultimately in the end. So it'll be Jaron Hall and Sean Mannion. I kind of have my eye on the Rams. Now, I know Matthew Stafford left the game because uh, he got kind of dinged up there. 
but I kind of have my eye on the Rams if they have somebody. And again, like you're talking about, cheap, 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 right? It, it can't be major draft capital. I also have my eye on the Titans because Quaisito Fomensa is friends with Rand Carthon, who's now the GM there. And Rand Carthon did not draft Malik Willis, right? And so, again, it's not about handing over major draft capital, but you kind of just have this idea or this reality that Will Levis is now the dude you know, in Tennessee, they drafted him at the end, at top of the second, right? And so, uh, you know, could you get Willis for a sixth? And if you can, is it worth it, right? Because it's the alley, like he's a sophomore, he was drafted in the third round, um, has a lot of ability. And again, it kind of fits with this competitive rebuild mode where it's like um, premium position, young, cost control deal, cost of acquisitions not going to be super high. Um, upside you know there, there's there's upside present in this player right and so it, it does kind of jive a little bit with what we've seen from Quasi and what we've seen from the vikings it didn't make sense you know i've i've explored this a little bit in the past it didn't make sense when you have cousins mullins and hall because you have a pretty crowded room and you feel pretty good about all three especially kind of as they slot into that role the qb1 two and three but now your qb1's done for the year qb2 is on the ir for these few more games and now your rookie fifth rounder is going to be your starter, right? And we've seen how the Sean Mannion experience goes in Minnesota. Um, the on-field product wasn't great. It wasn't great. Now, maybe you'll be better under Kevin O'Connell. And again, Mannion's a good pro. Um, I just wouldn't be shocked. Like, they, they gotta, they're going to have a third quarterback somewhere, Right. And so may- maybe they bring in somebody for the practice squad and they elevate Manion to QB2 on the active roster. Um, it wouldn't shock me if they have all three on the kind of ready to go on game day. You know, of course, you have the emergency option now. So it's just, boys, what a tough, you know, it's crazy. I mean, you basically said it, kind of talking about it with Cousins maybe being a trade chip. But now it's like, if you even forget the quarterback position, what do the Vikings do now at the trade deadline? Right, like if they if they went in and Cousins just finished out that game and they won twenty four to ten, you would say they should add, and I would say they should add because why wouldn't you? Because now now they're a legitimate team. They're in a playoff spot. They're five hundred. They're two and zero in the division. Both on the friggin' road. Excellent stuff. The offense looks balanced and in rhythm. Cousins is friggin' dialed in. Fantastic. Like just honestly playing the best ball of his career. He has become so good in the pocket. So good in the pocket. Right. And the crazy irony of it all. Is you think how many times since 2018 has this guy this guy a friggin' hit hard, wallop, suplex? He's just like, you know, from the top of the ladder through the, you know, the bench or the whatever table in WWE. Not that I watch WWE, but just big hits, physical hits, always gets up, never gets hurt. Non-contact injury tears Achilles. And you're just like, man, that is a cruel, cruel irony, right? Especially when it seems like the team as a whole is turning the corner. The offensive line has turned the corner. Oh, my dear. Just so disappointing. So disappointing. And then so then you just kind of wonder, does, you know, with Chase Young, with Montez Sweat, with Brian Burns, do you still go after those dudes? Will they still fit into your competitive rebuilds? Uh, it, it, it just makes things so complicated for for Quasey, for Kevin O'Connell. Um it's so disappointing. It's so disappointing. I think for the Vikings. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. 
where did it even go? I mean, you got to keep playing, right? Like the, the world keeps spinning, the schedule keeps going. Other teams have lost a starting quarterback. You got to keep going. But this was this was a gut punch. Yeah, like from my standpoint, I feel like if again, I, I'm a bit cautious in nature, but I, I would say you stand pat for the most part. Like I like it's just yeah. because who like what happens if you go all in? You trade. I don't yeah. know what what it takes to get a, a Chase Young, um, and then you end up like if you're trading draft capital from this year yeah. for him, and you end up struggling and win mm-hmm. only a couple games for the rest of the season, um, yeah, that hurts a lot. Uh, yeah. So I yeah. I don't know I, and I guess this is the discouraging part because it, you mentioned like we sit here and like you beat a division rival. In some ways, this was one of, I don't know, like beating San Francisco yeah. was huge, but like yeah. the Vikings looked really good yesterday. Um, yeah, they did. Yeah. Like, now, Jordan Love sucks. Jordan, like the Packers are a mess. It, that, like that was right. Like they're, they're like, just I, not a good football team right now. I, right? I like, I think that on paper, they might be better than like you could make an argument for them being better than the the bears or carolina but oh yeah the, but, i think they're better than the bears but but, but in terms bears. of like the opponent yeah <laughs> but in terms of like opponent's performance and again this, yeah. maybe you give credit to the vikings yesterday but they were awful and again awful like yeah. awful like like receivers dropping balls left right and center yeah like the, the vikings penalties. Had a, the penalties oh, yeah, was yeah. unbelievable like I, I texted you. Yeah. I said, like, if you were, if the roles were yeah. reversed here, you would be absolutely livid with the Vikings. Yeah. That, so unprepared. Like, and a lot of times they weren't like, it was like, yep, yeah, that was, I, I I don't know. Maybe there's bias here, but I'm looking at saying like, yeah, that was clearly a penalty break. Like that wasn't like, and it, you know, it's in Lambeau. So it's not like the Packers are getting screwed at the bank. You know what I mean? Like it's, ah, boys, that was a rough day for Bay. Right. It, it was bad. Like it was it was one of those games that I think as a when you're watching and you're looking at it from the Vikings perspective, you didn't really have a whole lot of concern at any point that no. that that this game was not gonna yeah. to to go well. Um so yeah, I it is interesting. I don't know I, I it is really fascinating and it will be like again, we're gonna have some answers really within the next twenty four ish hours. Deadlines tomorrow. Right. Uh, so we're going to find out here real soon. And the only pushback we'll have you, Sam, is if you trade for Chase Young or Brian Burns or whoever, it's not about this season. Right. Like that, that's a TJ Hawkinson move. That's about, yes, it's this season, but it's also the next three to five. So, and I don't think Quasey's going to do a this season move unless it's maybe like a back quarterback. Right. Cause, cause you got to keep the ship afloat and you got to compete somehow. You need a quarterback. Um, and so if you're shipping out like a second or a third for one of these pass rushers, it's with the aim of keeping them around, you know, semi-long term. Like not like necessarily for a decade, but yeah, sign them to a new deal similar to the way you did with Hawkinson. Yeah. Right. So, and, yeah. and look, Florida's defense, man. Like, again, I know Green Bay is not great. Um, They may become great. Jordan Love may become a very good quarterback. Right now, he's not playing well. Uh, and the team around him isn't doing a ton to help him, as far as I can tell. So it's nice to beat them, of course, if you're a Vikings fan. Um, you know, we were looking at these stats here, Sam. You know, the time of possession yesterday was 36-22 in favor of Minnesota, 
right? Minnesota was 10 for 18 on third down. Green Bay was only 5 for 14. And the crazy thing is, too, you think think about how rough the day was for the Vikings special teams. You had two missed field goals. You had Jay Ward, I believe, lined up offside, and that resulted in Green Bay getting that field goal at the end of the half. You had the ball sailed directly out of bounds, which resulted in Green Bay getting the ball on the 40. And then what was it? It was Ivan Pace with the hole penalty that that nullified that amazing Ty Chandler return. Think about how bad the day was for the special teams. And think about how many times Minnesota's gone to Green Bay and had horrible days on special teams. And it's resulted in getting, you know, a loss, right? Or a few years ago with um, Daniel Carlson and a tie, right? And and that's no one likes a tie. So the fact that they they did all that specials in Lambeau, which was so friggin' typical. And then they still have this comfortable win. First multi-score win. How long, Sam? 14 points. It wasn't even a close game. When's the last time that happened, right? Last and year. on the road. Again, wow, come on. You know what I mean, though. Okay, but it's like. Yeah. No, it's it's been. A, no, it's like, it, like even you look at the percentage yeah. of the Vikings games yeah. that have not been one score uh, over the last nuts. couple of years. Like it's nuts. It's. Yeah. It's and yeah, again, we've been waiting. And it again, 24 yeah. 10 doesn't look like a ton if you're just looking at the box yeah. score. But if you're watching, um, I think about nine points just from those field goals alone, two right. misses. And I'm not saying kicking in Lambo is easy, right? But one of those was blocked, the other one was a stupid penalty that we, you know, the Vikings allowed. So it's like there's nine points right there, man. You know what I mean? And so if you go negative three for Green Bay and plus six for, and I know I make it sound easy. It's not that easy. Mistakes happen, especially in Green Bay. It was a chilly day, right? I, I get all that. It's, it's an oversimplification. But this could have easily been, say, 27 to seven. You know what I mean? One more field goal for Minnesota. One less field goal, the one field goal. You know, less for Green Bay. 27 to seven looks a lot different than 24-10, right? And that, and that kind of more, in a sense, accurately reflects the reality of the game of like, Green Bay wasn't really in this. Now, floor is the, the floor is defense kind of standing tall near the goal line. Chef's kiss, right? The floor is defense is making a huge impact, right? Josh Metellus, one arm, bringing that ball out. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. You know, where would the Vikings be if Harrison Smith didn't have that game against the Panthers? And then Cameron Bynum having his game against San Francisco. And now I know Josh Metellus didn't have like this like crazy ultra game similar to what Smith did and what Bynum did. But I'm just saying those three safeties, they're doing okay. They're doing they're doing okay for Minnesota. So I, I may, may I see I'm talking myself into it now, Sam. Maybe you make a move for an edge rusher, and then Marcus Davenport's back at some point, hopefully. And then you just have and DJ Wanham played really well, right? Like he's always had those flashes, right? And it seems like these past several weeks he's been stringing it together, man. Like he doesn't have the burst that Hunter does. You know, very few do. But man, he's got that length, right? And he's he can finish. You know, when, once he gets pressures, like he he can he can pick up a sack. Like he's more than just pressures and hurries. He can actually pick up the sack because he's so long, right? So I don't know, Sam. Like maybe you try to rally around that defense. You hope for Case Keenum 2.0 with Mullins, and maybe Jaron Hall plays so well you don't even think about putting Mullins in the game when he's back. I I don't know, right? So. Oh, it's just so disappointing though isn't it it's just it, so freaking disappointing this is yeah. uh this is why people come to the notes in the north there's a little there's some optimism here and i like yeah. i it yeah. does feel like yeah you you do need to look again you can look at the season as four and four but like this vikings team the last three weeks just 
feel that they continue to get better and better. And yeah, I man. do think that there is Holy. a bit of a, like what Quasi does in the next 24 ish hours, we'll send a message to this team about what, yeah, yeah. what, what yeah. do we believe in? Like in some ways, I think like, again, I, I was arguing for in a sense, maybe you, you take a cautious approach and you just, maybe you tinker here and there, yeah. but maybe especially given the news that you get yesterday of, you know what, we've lost our guy, but we still really like what we have in this dressing yeah, room and we're going to do that. And again, this is not like, I think we're both on the same page. We're you're not in rental territory. In, no, goodness but no. if you can, if you can add a legit dude and, and again, you talk yeah, about like, uh, you think about Davenport, Wanham, Hunter, and uh, Chase Young. Like, yeah, like, good luck. Like, good yeah. luck. Seriously, and, and and then with what the threat of Flores sending basically anyone at any time alongside those guys. Yeah, it would be good fun. Would be Hunter's fun. up to ten sacks this year, right? He had that long arm strip sack on on Jordan Love. Like when he turns that edge, he's got those long arms, and he can swat that ball. You see him try it throughout the game, and he doesn't always get it. Sometimes you just see him kind of turn that corner and reach in and kind of swipe and doesn't get it. But man, when he gets it. And that must be so discouraging for the offensive tackle because you're riding your dude down, you're riding your dude down, you're creating that pocket, and then he just turns and bends and reaches. And uh, sometimes he gets that ball. And that counts as that's a strip set. So uh, I think you rallied around that defense, Sam. I don't know. If you can send a second or a third and get one of those top-tier edge rushers, someone who you could keep around for the next however long, GM Kyle says do it. And Quasi's MO is to be aggressive. Right? He is yeah. not a passive dude. Just I, I mean, I don't actually know him, but seemingly by nature, seemingly like his personality uh says, let's friggin' try it. Right. And and he's referred to he's of course got his economics and this investing background. He's referred to the roster personnel moves as his portfolio. Right. And so in, individual decisions within that portfolio have not worked objectively that's true we can see that now right and now but he wants to be able to step back and look at his whole investing history so to speak with the vikings and have an approach and trust that it's going to grow and become he's going to turn the vikings into you know basically a fantastic business so to speak right um sorry so i i i don't know like i i I just think that he i i think he does something but maybe he gets outbid we'll see yeah yeah it is going to be interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is. I think it's hard. Eh? It's just like you get excited and you just, then I, you remember um, I, Cousins was just having such a good season, but I, I do like, I am, I'm, there's a lot of intrigue now, right? Like there's a lot of intrigue yeah. as to what happens, yeah. no matter what happens in the deadline, there's a lot of yeah. intrigue as to, okay, what does this team do now? And, and again, yeah, Aaron Hall yesterday, limited sample size, thrown in the middle of a game, have yeah. a lead. Now you got a week to prepare. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to he, see what what happens. Too bad that connection no. to Hawkinson. A couple of the balls I know is pitch and catch. It was kept simple as yep. it should have been, right? And I know Jonathan Velma on the game broadcast was talking about running the ball, and a lot of Vikings fans would have agreed keep it simple, run the ball. Yeah, but the fact that Kevin O'Connell was willing to put it in his QB. This is your rookie fifth round QB three. And I'm willing to put it in your hands. Go pick up a first down. That says something. Yeah. That says something. And, and again, that speaks to, are we passive in this organization or are we aggressive by nature? 
right? And I think we know what the answer is for Flores. And we've seen it a decent bit with Kevin O'Connell and Tracy as well. So we'll see. We'll see. We, will, we will see. Good. Well, maybe we'll wrap up there. Yeah, uh, sure. Appreciate everyone listening. Uh, again, be sure to check out Vikings coverage. I know there's going to be stuff, uh, especially what happens uh, over the next next little while at the trade deadline. Uh, check out Vikings coverage over at uh, purpleptsd.com and vikingsterritory.com. Uh, hope everyone has a good week. And again, I'm really intrigued. I, I uh, I'm excited to see Jaron Hall. Uh, Me too. Next week and Me see too. what he can do, and and uh, yeah. it's gonna be fun. So, have a good week, everyone. Take care.